Mood.tv All right, everybody. So, 2020. We've reached 2020, and by now, we're kind of a little deep into 2020. It's been a lot of days. However, part of my New Year's resolution for Let Me Ask You a Question, the podcast, is such that we have the other co-hosts that have been on since the beginning of time. I want them to maybe ask some more questions so that I can experience what it's like to be a guest on Let Me Ask You a Question. And so, for the, for the first time, for not any special occasion at all, we are going to have one of the co-hosts ask a question. So... This is, without further ado, Let Me Ask You a Question, the podcast. We're here with the normal contingent. We got the Greg man. Oh, hey, everybody. We got the EJ5000. Here we are. I'm producer EJ, question master. And, and as producer, I need to say, we, we, have, we have done this, I think, once or twice before. We have, yeah. Special but, episodes, though. But not in 2020, which I've never heard anybody say that, even though that it's normal. It just sounds weird, because usually people say 2020. So to hear you say 2020, which is correct... It's a little got a little, got a little different flavor to it, and I like it. Yeah, I like it. I mean, really, the flavor is we're old. I think that's how it feels to me. Hey, hey, public service announcement: you guys haven't been running the date like January sixteenth, twenty, have you? Because you shouldn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been told. Yes. You're not supposed to. All right. Just making sure you've been told. I, I, I didn't tell you, so I have to make sure you've been. Told. I don't know what you're talking about. Because if you do that. Somebody could put a different year on that, like 2019, and like make it like you've done something in the past. So if like you're signing a contract or something, put 2020 because otherwise it can be altered. Oh, I was on the news. That's great advice. Because you know we're in we're in we're in 2020. So to put just like the 20 at the end, somebody could just be like, oh, one nine. You signed this contract a year ago, and you're like, no, I didn't. Wow. Guess what? On the paperwork, it, you did, unless they sign it in a different <sighs> color ink. I'm going to go back and take advantage of people now. Thanks for letting me know. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we're here for. Valuable awesome. information. That is true. Well, so as uh, Anthony said, I'm the question master, which I don't think you call yourself that, but I'm going to call myself that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as I tend to do whenever I have asked questions in the past, I'm going to start out with a little bit of nonsense. Oh. And so I'm going to say, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Merriam-Webster defines fear as an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Or an instance of this emotion or a state marked by this emotion. Yep. I just want to talk about times in your life that you've felt fear. I'd like to stay away from things that are of eminent danger to uh, immediate family, as in diseases or death. I'd like to keep it to more lighthearted stories uh, of any time throughout your life when you've been scared or fearful of something. doesn't have to be super gravitational. Uh, gravitas, the weight of the situation can be though as well. Yeah. But when have you guys had fear? All right. Here's when I've had fear. Are you ready? This is probably the most fear I've ever felt at any one given time. Is when you're playing a show and you're in you're in the pit orchestra. What it's like is they seal the door for the overture, right? Like the, the door closes and then the overture starts and then you're doing a show. You're not leaving the pit. You're an integral part of the show. You can't just leave. So the most fear I've probably ever felt in my life is the downbeat of the overture happens concurrent with the feeling that I am indeed 
going to have explosive diarrhea. Mm. And there's no doubt about it. And I definitely have had the most troublesome moments in my life kind of reeling against diarrhea for an hour and a half <laughs> until intermission. And so it's have, been... And, you have specific and, instances of this? You, here's the thing. Any, yeah. I haven't always won. And so there are definitely times, like when I was on my, you know, I was probably 23 years old, and I was conducting the producer's tour, non-equity, and that glorious moment of definite, definite divine diarrhea hit me in the overture, and halfway through the first act, I fail, and I lift the baton, and I play the downbeat of the song, and the orchestra starts, and then I say, you guys got this. And I leave to have diarrhea. And I just let them fend for themselves. How long were you gone? Uh, I would say 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> you know, yeah, diarrhea is not, like, you don't know when it's done. You think you know, but you got you got to hang out. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like you can just blast it and then wipe and you're out. It's like, no. And one time, the, the beauty of this is that one time, the bathroom, the only bathroom I could go to was through the company manager's office. And the company manager, if you don't know, like musical theater, touring world, the company manager tours with you, but they kind of manage, they're like the mother hen of the show. So <laughs> the, the company manager kind of manages, you know, like where where you're staying, manages all the details, manages payroll, manages who's doing what, who's where at any given time. So to go through their door during the show, <laughs> they're like, I go in there and I have explosive diarrhea and the bathroom is beyond their office. And, I, and, I, and I'm like, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and then they, they, all they do is they look at the conductor cam because there's what, what's called the conductor cam where you see the conductor during the show so that people backstage singing, pit musicians that can't see the conductor are taking their cues. And so I say, like, I've got diarrhea. <laughs> and then they, like, look at the conductor cam and then they look at me and they're like, you're not supposed to be here right now. And that's some of the it's some of the worst fear I've ever had because I literally in front of a paying audience of maybe upwards of a thousand people, hmm. I just let it ride. <laughs> oh, I had diarrhea. Wow, but a, a better decision than shitting your pants while waving around a baton. Maybe I would say definitely. I would think that would it, it would mess you up more if you had. <laughs> diarrhea coming down your leg yeah. while conducting absolutely then you just saying like you guys got it and walking off and taking care of business right i didn't get in trouble for it because i think i think they were partial to the fact that that's what happens yeah listen even in in my adult life i have learned that if you just want to get out of a day of work and you say i got diarrhea there's nobody <laughs> questioning it oh yeah true <laughs> how many days have you taken off on account of diarrhea in my working like professional career yeah, whether it's true or not. Not many. I'd say just a handful, but it's it's like if you really just want a day off, like nobody questions it. I don't think I've ever taken off saying that I've had diarrhea when I haven't. So I definitely have taken off because I've had diarrhea. I could say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have too, but I've I've definitely taken a couple days where... It, you just have minor diarrhea. You, you've <laughs> used false diarrhea before. Well, I've, I've felt like that when I've done it, 
I get hit with a bout of diarrhea that day for some reason. <laughs> Usually it's because like I'm home and I'm like, oh, I'm home. I'm going to get some Domino's. So like there's a, obviously a reason for it. Well, it's guilt. It's guilt diarrhea. Yeah. But, then I, but that's the thing. I have always felt like, nope, if I say I'm, I'm I, if I pretend to be sick, I inevitably that day start feeling ill at some point. Would you say you've had literal guilt diarrhea? Uh, probably. Probably. I've, I've, I've always been a pretty honest person my whole life. <laughs> and I'd be just be like, I, I really like, it'd be like one of those days where like, I have nothing to do today. Yeah. There's no reason for me to like do all this stuff. So like, <laughs> you know what? Like it, it, it I, I can use what, what, just a mental health day. Yeah. For myself. And then throughout the whole day, like, I'll be like, oh, this is great. And then at some point I'm like crushing guilt of like, but I could totally be at the office right now. Yeah. So you just chug some syrup of Ipecac. And just start yakking. Eat some White Castle. And maybe maybe I did. I mean, that's the thing. Maybe I did it subconsciously. Maybe I was like, well, listen, I told him I had diarrhea. I might as well just get some Domino's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instant <laughs> diarrhea food, for sure. Well, I think on the diarrhea note, I think it's time to take a little bit of break, and then we'll come back and find out what Greg has been afraid of in his life. <laughs> All right. I love it. back everybody's emptied their diarrheic bowels greg a man yes sir you have similar fears you have different fears um i have two quick ones well one quick one and one that's a little bit longer um that actually does tie into a little bit of anthony somewhat but uh so the quick one was um it was i think me and you ej or anthony actually it might be anthony have had similar experiences with this but um it's where like the fear takes over and you just laugh. <laughs> yep. And and th- I, th- I thought it was Anthony. And then this experience happened, of course, with our, our old buddy Nick. Um, I believe a couple of our friends were having, like, we went somewhere for, like, dinner for a birthday for a couple of our lady friends back in uh, high school. And then Nick was like, hey, I really want to drive your car. <laughs> and the second part of the party was a big wheel party, which is a roller skating rink in our hometown. Oh, yeah. Um, cause as EJ mentioned in our last episode, we've been friends for 30 years and that's, that's part of what makes this fun for us and hopefully fun for you. But, um, yeah, so, so our old buddy, Nick, you know, uh, a guest of the show several times was like, I, I had a Mazda MX six automatic. It wasn't anything great, but it, it moved. And he was like, Hey, I, r- I really want to drive your car. I was like, okay, cool. Like, that's fine. But you know, I didn't care. And the, 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 the back roads to big wheel, there was a, a specific turn that was a, an S curve coming it had a quick dip on the hill and uh he was driving my car and he was driving a little fast and you know as we did when we were young and we come over that dip in the hill and we skid a little bit <laughs> oh yeah and we skid into the wrong lane uh. and there's headlights in our face and i you know you guys know nick after the fact he felt horrible <laughs> i could not help but laugh hysterically the entire time it was happening. So we basically, we came at the headlights and then he cuts it back and then we're going at a guardrail and he's probably shit in his pants and I'm laughing my ass off and then we <laughs> skid away from the guardrail and come to just like, you know, 
come back and collect the car together and we just start driving down the road and then i'm sure he slowed down immediately at that point and we were probably only about five minutes away from big wheels so yeah i mean that was that was legitimate fear that i just could not help but laugh at i was like this could be it yeah yeah and it was just the funniest thing to me yeah i think a similar thing happened to me and you Gregor man i think on the way home from school at our high school I think I definitely veered into the wrong lane and almost got yeah. hit by a bus, but I just couldn't help but think that it was really funny. And I remember that because I was shitting my pants and I was not laughing. Yeah. And a similar thing I think either happened to me and Anthony or me and Nick while we were driving to or from one of your house parties on the dirt roads up there in Winona Lakes. And uh, I believe if I believe it was Nick who was losing control of the car. We were swerving into some trees. I just started uncontrollably laughing because I thought we were going to die. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you just laugh. So, uh, kindred yeah. spirits over here, everybody. Yeah, you know. Common denominator, Nick's driving. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my, second, my second thing is uh, I, I'm not a public speaker. I don't like to public speak. You're doing it right now. But, but yeah, but this is easier because I'm just talking to you guys and then it That's goes true. public. Um, like every time I, I mean, I have a job interview, my nose starts to beat up with sweat. Like that's the kind of guy I am, even though like, I feel good. Like I'm usually pretty confident in the moment, but like on the inside, who, whole, <laughs> whole different thing, whoo. but EJ can speak to this because I'm sure I did this possibly every performance we ever had when we were in a band together, but definitely the majority of them. Um, we'd be on stage. We you know we go through sound check. Uh, e- EJ and I were in a band together. They were. Him and Nick and our, our buddy Froggy, Jesse, our drummer, was um, they were gracious enough when they started a band together to invite me to first just play a part of our high school field day that they got, that school let them do, and then afterwards we, we all, we joined up. Like, they asked me to come sing for them, and I was like, yeah. And just for, you know, background's sake, I didn't do anything with the band except sing. I didn't write. I didn't do any of that. So I didn't do lyrics. Those guys wrote everything. I just was the regurgitator. But I'd say at least 90% of the shows, we'd be on stage when the performance started. And we always changed around the set list. We always started with a different song. That should be neither here nor there. I knew all the words. But I would always look over at Eric away from the microphone and go, what are the first words to the song? (laughs) (laughs) Because I was always, I mean, every single show, I was nervous as shit to go up there, even though I really enjoyed myself. I was always nervous because I was never good at public speaking. And he would just be like, say the first two lines and then it's like oh obviously that's what it is but i would literally have zero clue what the first words are and i think that was all caused by like my crippling fear of of speaking in public and and obviously in that sense singing in public but oh we've all been there though like the first time whenever i particularly if i'm subbing a show for a while i used to sub a lot of broadway shows and so i would the first time i ever subbed any show I would literally forget where middle C was on the piano. Like, I wouldn't know huh. what note was middle C. And I would feel like the piano was... You can't just be like... Right. Find it. Like, I would just feel as though the piano was an instrument I had never played before and I don't know anything about it. Huh. And I would truly feel that way until I kind of asserted myself and said, okay, this is how the first note goes. And then the show would kind of fall into place. And that's it. It wasn't like I had to ask EJ every single song, like what the first words were. It was just whatever the first song was of that of that set, right? Like as him and Nick started playing their instruments, I'd be like, I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to sing. 
Yeah. That reminds me of a story, I, which I totally didn't have in my head, but uh, we did like show choir or whatever, like the in-school singing or what have you. And um, I had a solo where it was like a John Philip Sousa thing. It was a 76 <laughs> trombones or something, right? That's that's from The Music Man by Meredith Wilson. Music Man. Thank you, Anthony. I know you would help fill in the gaps for sure. And so I was like the guy. I was like the music man for this piece. And I was supposed to come out and sing the lead part and everybody in the show choir. Harold Hill. I was Harold Hill and everybody was around. And this is just that one song we did. It wasn't like the whole show. But so I had like, you know, probably four or five lines in the song that I was supposed to sing. And just like Greg and Man sang, like I had practice, we had practiced it for weeks. Jesus. I get out there and forgot every single word that I was supposed to sing. Yes. And so I'm like looking out in the audience and I'm frozen <laughs> for a split second. But then I just made it up. Yes. I made up four verses. They rhymed. They were perfect. I sold it like a motherfucker. Nobody knew except our music teacher. And she was pissed because she thought Who was that? it was Miss Yozviak. Oh. And she thought that I was fucking with her personally. She's like, <laughs> you, you're going to go up there and do something like that? You're, you're trying to fuck with me? And I'm like, actually, I completely forgot all the words. And I am proud as fuck right now that I was able to whip that out. Because, you know, I rhymed, like, trombone with megaphone. I, you know, I did it. Whatever whatever had to be done, it worked. That was in high school? That was in high school. Yeah, it must have been Listen, our, we were in Pennsylvania. There were no—the people in the audience had no idea EJ made yeah. up those words. Cause they Wait, why not, was I not there? You I'm, were probably playing. You probably were. It was junior, senior year. You were probably there, you know, or, or something, or, you know, it's just— That's wild. Yeah, so that was— Definitely one of those moments, like Greg, man, where like fear just erases your memory, just cuts it out. No matter how prepared you are, it's just like, oh shit, nothing there. Uh, the other one I wanted to mention was as a very new story, probably within the last two months. I have like I would say an irrational fear of dogs, but I kind of feel it's pretty rational. I've recently, you know, in in current years, if there's a dog, I'm not going to freak out most of the time. But I was here at the house, and Audrey was here, uh, my girlfriend, and my mom was here. And my mom was outside getting a fresh uh, uh, breath of fresh air. <laughs> and I'm inside in the kitchen with Audrey. And all of a sudden, my mom goes, dog. <laughs> and, and so we look outside. We wait, have wait. This, how did Roseanne say this? Was uh, it like a fearful dog? Was it like an excited dog? It was a quiet, fearful dog. Okay. And so I looked out the window and I saw this uh, German shepherd. And it was a big ass German shepherd. You know, it was like. For a German Shepherd, you'd be like, that's tall. And so I stuck my head out the door to see it coming up the ramp. And out of scared instinct, I just closed this glass glass slash screen door. Your mom's outside, isn't she? But my mom's on the other side of it, <laughs> pulling it, trying to get in. But I'm like, nah, I'm just pulling the door. She's holding the other end. I'm just closing the door. And then I look out at her. few seconds goes by, and I realize I'm like, oh. I should pro- probably let her in as well, <laughs> so that I have let let the door open really quick, while the dog like brushes past her. So I'm like making sure to keep her between me and the dog as I let her in. <laughs> Still, not proud of that. Pull her in, close the door, and the dog just like walks. It, it was the dog could give a shit. It wasn't dangerous or anything. Uh, so fear, I literally threw my mom to the dogs. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but the fearful side of me would. Totally. So as I told a story two weeks ago about how I stood up to the Soho Madman, when it comes to a dog, you you done. Sorry. It's it's. it's <laughs> How'd you feel about Luther when you were uh, when you guys were up here? 
totally cool. Yeah, Luther was fine. Because he, he does get excited, he does jump, and I knew, I mean, I could tell Milo Man was a little apprehensive. Yeah, he's not used to dogs, for sure. Yeah, and then, but I went, but like, but you didn't come off that way, so I was like, I don't know if Eric was just putting on the front for the dog, or, because I know, I know of your fear for dogs, and my, my dog growing up is huge contribution to that fear for dogs. Absolutely, a little Jack Russell Terrier that bit me on the top of my head by jumping on my chest. I have a lot of fear because of a lot of dog bites, but yeah, <laughs> I've gotten a lot better, and also when you have a kid, like, I'm trying to teach him to not be scared of dogs because that's why I get bit so much. And so when he's around, it definitely helps me yeah. be less scared or seem less scared. But Luther was fine. I wasn't scared of him. But this dog was a stranger dog. I was a little scared. No, that's and, a German uh, Shepherd coming up to you that you don't know. That's weird. I I, yeah. I would be sketched out by Were you it. ever afraid of Tyler, my dog growing up? No. He was more like furniture than anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like he literally was. Fr- I sat on him a lot. You did. In a loving way. My dog would have murdered your dog growing up. <laughs> and Tyler was a big golden retriever. And by me, big. He was a he was a chunk. Yeah, he was he was a chunkster. As EJ as EJ dubbed my dog, he was an evil little hell beast. And he was, in fact, an evil <laughs> little hell beast. Yeah, that dog <laughs> caused a lot of pain. All right, so that's the most fear you ever felt. No, it's just a recent fear story. Yeah. I think it would be. I thought it'd be fun to tell a recent one where I don't paint myself in such a good light because uh, I tend to paint myself in a very good light, and I think it's time to be honest with ourselves. That was not a good moment. I love. I love seeing. A, I love seeing. I love seeing like a kind of scrawny dude in a white tank top. Kind of scrawny. What? Come on, bro. I'm small. Yeah, a little scrawny. Yeah, yeah. But I love I the am. idea that he's a little scrawny guy. I mean, I'm sure you have a gigantic stomach. But you're scrawny up top, and so you got scrawny, and you got a white tank top on, and you're talking about how you usually paint yourself in a good light. That's right. Not this case. That's very funny. Uh, yeah, and I got to say, we never mentioned it. Like, it's been a couple of weeks now. My mom hasn't mentioned, or Audrey, how I just left my mom outside with a dog. Can I get Audrey's number? I want to text her to make sure she brings it up to your mom next time the three of you are hanging out. What was the next thing you did talk about? I think she was scared enough, too, my mother, this is, that when she got in, we were all, like, relieved that the dog wasn't murderous ah. and that it worked out. I don't think we were like, oh, that was pretty shitty of me, huh? <laughs> I, you know, I was like, ah, oh, it was kind of a dick move. It was more like, oh, my God, that's crazy that that dog came up here, but at least it was, like, just a happy, good, happy German Shepherd. And that was, again, from two episodes ago, it was a moment where I didn't think about that that was just how i reacted and sometimes <laughs> it's cool up. and sometimes it's not so you'll stand up to the soho madman or whatever i did look it up when i was listening to the episode but you will definitely throw your mom to the dogs yeah you'd kill your mother yeah man dogs got teeth, got teeth. the soho madman only has infinite strength and scissors <laughs> <laughs> and schizophrenia uh yeah. Well, so yeah. Well, that's been another wonderful episode of Let Me Ask Fear. You a Question, the podcast, I think. You should call in at 929-352-6173. Tell us what your fears are. Tell us a story, something that you act irrationally or rationally yes, or however. Fear is an interesting beast. You can send an email, too, to Let Me Ask You a Question podcast at gmail.com. We could probably do like eight eight episodes on fear. Uh yeah, infinite episodes. And you can you can also go to uh, Lamayak Pod at Insta or Twitter. You can go to moot.tv and you can check out the other podcasts. Uh, the other podcast being White Wasabi and Kyle Mocha won't shut up. And you can also donate to our coffee account and make us rich. Richer than we are now. I mean, we're rich in your love. But we'd also like to be rich in your money. 
<laughs> and so you can absolutely feel free to send us money starting now, starting three years ago. But now is fine. I'm going to ask something else of our listeners, if that's okay. Usually we're like behind because we record things behind or, or, or ahead, I should say. But uh, if you have Valentine's Day stories, I want to hear your terrible Valentine's Day stories. If you have them, please call in and let us know. And maybe we'll be able to edit them into our Valentine's Day episode, which should be in two or three weeks from now, from whenever this launches, yeah. uh, and or tweet us or whatever. I just, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, and there's always so much pressure. People love it. They hate it. It's, you know, whatever. People have strong opinions on the holiday, so I, I but I specifically want to hear about your bad Valentine's Day. So please, again, like Anthony said, call at 929-352-6173, 929-352-6173, or uh, contact us any other way, and we'll try to add you to the episode. And, uh, all right, go do your own stuff. You're released. Goodbye. Mood.tv. I've got diarrhea.